Section 16 of The Book of the Thousand Nights in a Night, Volume 9. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Andre Levy, AndreLevy.net, Lisbon, Portugal. The Book of the Thousand Nights in a Night, Volume 9, by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton. Night 919. When it was the 919th night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that when the boy consented and entered with the thieves, one of them said to other, Look which is the lightest and smallest of us, and make him climb the tree. And they said, None of us is slighter than this boy. So they sent him up into the tree, and said to him, O boy, touch not aught of the fruit, lest some one see thee, and work thee a mischief. He asked, How then shall I do? And they answered, Sit among the boughs, and shake them one by one with all thy might, so that which is thereon may fall, and we will pick it up. Then, when thou hast made an end of shaking down the fruit, Come down, and take thy share of that which we have gathered. Accordingly, he began to shake every branch at which he could come, so that the nuts fell, and the thieves picked them up, and ate some, and hid others some till all were full, save the boy who had eaten naught. As they were thus engaged, behold, up came the owner of the garden, who, standing to witness the spectacle, inquired of them, What do ye with this tree? They replied, We have taken naught thereof, but we were passing by, and seeing yonder boy on the tree, took him for the owner thereof, and besought him to give us to eat of the fruit. Thereat he fell to shaking one of the branches, so that the nuts dropped down, and we are not at fault. Quoth the master to the boy, What sayest thou? And quoth he, These men lie, but I will tell thee the truth. It is that we all came hither together, and they bade me climb the tree and shake its boughs, that the nuts might fall down to them, and I obeyed their bidding said the master. Thou hast cast thyself into a sore calamity, but hast thou profited by eating aught of the fruit? And he said, I have eaten naught thereof, rejoined the owner of the garden. Now know I thy folly and thine ignorance, and that thou hast wrought to ruin thyself and profit others. Then said he to the thieves, I have no resort against you, so wend your ways. But he laid hands on the boy, and punished him. On likewise, added the favourite, thy wazirs and officers of state would sacrifice thee to their interests, and do with thee as did the thieves with the boy, answered the king. Thou sayest sooth, and speakest truth. I will not go forth to them nor leave my pleasures. Then he passed the night with his wife in all delight till the morning, when the Grand Wazir arose, and assembling the officers of state, together with those of the lieges who were present with them, repaired with them to the palace gate, 
congratulating one another and rejoicing. But the door opened not, nor did the king come forth unto them, nor give them leave to go in to him. So when they despaired of him, they said to Shimas, O excellent wazir and accomplished sage, seest thou not the behavior of this lad, young of years and little of wit, how he addeth to his offences falsehood? See how he hath broken his promise to us, and hath not performed that for which he engaged unto us. And this sin, it behoveth thee, join unto his other sins. But we beseech thee, go in to him yet again, and discover what is the cause of his holding back and refusal to come forth. For we doubt not but that the like of this action cometh of his corrupt nature, and indeed he is now hardened to the highest degree. Accordingly, Shimas went in to the king and bespake him, saying, Peace be with thee, O king. How cometh it that I see thee give thyself up to these slight pleasures, and neglect the great affair whereto it behoveth thee sedulously apply thyself? Thou art like unto a man who had a milch-camel, and coming one day to milk her, the goodness of her milk made him neglect to hold fast her halter, which when as she felt, she hailed herself free and made off into the wold. Thus the man lost both milk and camel, and the loss that betided him surpassed his gain. Wherefore, O king, do thou look unto that wherein is thy welfare and the weal of thy subjects. For even as it behoveth not the man to sit forever at the kitchen door because of his need unto food, so should he not always company with women, by reason of his inclination to them. And as a man should eat but as much food as will guard him from the pains of hunger, and drink but what will ward off the pangs of thirst, in like manner it behoveth the sensible man to content himself with passing two of the four-and-twenty hours of his day with women, and expend the rest in ordering his own affairs and those of his people. For to be longer than this in company with women is hurtful both to mind and body, seeing that they bid not unto good, neither direct thereto. Wherefore it besitteth not a man to accept from them, or word, or deed, for indeed it hath reached me, that many men have come to ruin through their women, and amongst others a certain man who perished through conversation with his wife at her command. The king asked, How was that? And Shimas answered, saying, Hear, O king, the tale of the man and his wife. They relate that a certain man had a wife whom he loved and honoured, giving ear to her speech and doing according to her reed. Moreover, he had a garden, which he had newly planted with his own hand, and was wont to go thither every day to tend it and water it. One day his wife asked him, What hast thou planted in thy garden? And he answered, All thou lovest and desirest and I am assiduous in tending and watering it. Quoth she, Wilt thou not carry me thither and show it to me, so I may look upon it and offer thee up a pious prayer for its prosperity, seeing that my orisons are effectual? Quoth he, I will well, but have patience with me till the morrow, when I will come and take thee. So early on the ensuing day he carried her to the garden which she entered with her. Now two young men saw them enter from afar, and said to other, Yonder man is an adulterer, and yonder woman an adulteress, 
and they have not entered this garden but to commit adultery. Thereupon they followed the couple to see what they would do, and hid themselves in a corner of the garden. The man and his wife, after entering, abode a while therein, and presently he said to her, Pray me the prayer thou didst promise me. And she replied, saying, I will not pray for thee until thou do away my desire of that which women seek from men. Cried he, Out on thee, O woman! Hast thou not thy fill of me in the house? Here I fear scandal, especially as thou divertest me from my affairs. Fearest thou not that someone will see us? Quoth she, We need have no care for that, seeing that we do neither sin nor lewdness. And as for the watering of the garden, that may wait, because thou canst water it when thou wilt. And she would take neither excuse nor reason from him, but was instant with him in seeking carnal coition. So he arose and lay with her, which when the young men aforesaid saw, they ran upon them and seized them, saying, We will not let you go, for ye are adulterers, and except we have carnal knowledge with the woman, we will report you to the police. Answer the man, Fie upon you, this is my wife, and I am the master of the garden. They paid no heed to him, but fell upon the woman, who cried out to him for succour, saying, Suffer them not to defile me. Accordingly he came up to them, calling out for help, but one of them turned on him, and smote him with his dagger, and slew him. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. End of Night 919 Night 920 When it was the 920th night, she continued, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that after slaying the husband, the two young men returned to the wife and ravished her. This I tell thee, O king, continued the wazir, but that thou mayest know that it becometh not men to give ear unto a woman's talk, neither obey her in aught, nor accept her judgment in counsel. Beware, then, lest thou don the dress of ignorance, after the robe of knowledge and wisdom, and follow perverse reed, after knowing that which is righteous and profitable. Wherefore pursue thou not a paltry pleasure, whose trending is to corruption, and whose inclining is unto sore and uttermost perdition. When the king heard this from Shimas, he said to him, Tomorrow I will come forth to them, and it be the will of Allah the Most High. So Shimas returned to the grandees and notables who were present, and told them what the king had said. But this came to the ears of the favorite wife, whereupon she went in to the king and said to him, The subjects of a king should be his slaves. But I see, O king, Thou art become a slave to thy subjects, because thou standest in awe of them, and fearest their mischief. They do but desire to make proof of thine inner man, and if they find thee weak, they will disdain thee, but if they find thee stout and brave, they will dread thee. On this wise do ill wazirs with their king, for that their wiles are many, but I will make manifest unto thee the truth of their malice and thou comply with the conditions they demand, they will cause thee cease ruling and do their will, 
nor will they leave leading thee on from affair to affair till they cast thee into destruction and thy case will be that as of the merchant and the robbers asked the king how was that and she answered i have heard tell this tale anent the merchant and the robbers there was once a wealthy merchant who set out for a certain city proposing to sell merchandise there and when he came thither he hired a lodging wherein he took up his abode now certain robbers saw him men wont to lie in wait for merchants that they might rob their goods so they went to his house and sought some device whereby to enter in but could find no way thereto and their captain said i'll manage you his matter then he went away and donning the dress of a leech threw over his shoulder a bag containing somewhat of medicines after which he set out crying who lacks a doctor and fared on till he came to the merchant's lodging and him sitting eating the noonday dinner so he asked him dost thou need a physician and the trader answered i need not of the kind but sit thee down and eat with me the thief sat down facing him and began to eat now this merchant was a belle fourchette and the robber seeing this said to himself i have found my chance then he turned to his host and said to him tis but right for me to give thee an admonition and after thy kindness to me i cannot hide it from thee i see thee to be a great eater and the cause of this is a disorder in thy stomach wherefore unless thou take speedy measures for thy cure thine affair will end in perdition quoth the merchant my body is sound and my stomach speedy of digestion and though i be a hearty eater yet is there no disease in my body to allah be the praise and the thanks quoth the robber it may appear thus unto thee but i know thou hast a disease incubating in thy vitals and if thou hearken to me thou wilt medicine thyself the merchant asked and where shall i find him who knoweth my remedy and the robber answered allah is the healer but a physician like myself cureth the sick to the best of his power then the other said show me at once my remedy and give me thereof hereupon he gave him a powder wherein was a strong dose of aloes saying use this to-night and he accepted it gratefully when the night came the merchant tasted somewhat of the powder and found it nauseous of gust nevertheless he misdoubted not of it but swallowed it all and therefrom found ease that night next night the thief brought him another powder wherein was yet more aloes and he took it it purged him that night but he bore patiently with this and rejected it not when the robber saw that he gave ear unto his word and put trust in him nor would gainsay him in aught he brought him a deadly drug and gave it to him the merchant swallowed it and no sooner had he done this then that which was in his stomach fell down and his bowels were rent in sunder and by the morrow he was a dead man whereupon the robbers came and took all the merchandise and monies that belonged to him 
This I tell thee, O king, added the favorite, but that thou mayst not accept one word from these deluders, else will there befall thee that whereby thou wilt destroy thyself. Cried the king, Thou sayest sooth, I will not go forth to them. Now when the morning morrowed, the folk assembled together, and repairing to the king's door, sat there the most part of the day, till they despaired of his coming forth, when they returned to Shimas and said to him, O sage philosopher and experienced master, seest thou not that this ignorant lad doth not but redouble in falsehood to us? Verily twere only reasonable and right to take the kingdom from him and give it to another, so our affairs may be ordered and our estates maintained. But go thou in to him a third time, and tell him that naught hindereth us from rising against him and taking the kingship from him, but his father's goodness to us, and that which he required from us of oaths and engagements. However, to-morrow we will all, to the last of us, assemble here with our arms and break down the gate of the citadel. And if he come forth to us and do that which we wish, no harm is yet done. Else we will go in to him and slay him and put the kingdom in the hand of other than he. So the wazir Shimas went in to him and said, O king that grovelest in thy gusts and thy lusts, what is this thou dost with thyself? Would heaven, I wot who seduced thee thereto. And it be thou who sinnest against thyself, there hath ceased from thee that which we knew in thee aforetime of integrity and wisdom and eloquence. Could I but learn who hath thus changed thee, and fumed thee from wisdom to folly, and from fidelity to iniquity, and from mildness to harshness, and from acceptance of me to aversion from me, how cometh it that I admonish thee thrice, and thou acceptest not mine admonition, and that I counsel thee rightfully, and still thou gainsayest my counsel? Tell me what is this child's play, and who is it that prompteth thee thereunto? Know that the people of thy kingdom have agreed together to come in to thee and slay thee, and give thy kingdom to another. Art able to cope with them all, and save thyself from their hands? Or canst quicken thyself after being killed? If indeed thou be potent to do all this, thou art safe, and hast no occasion for my reed. But an thou have any concern for thy life and thy kingship, return to thy sound sense, and hold fast thy reign, and show forth to the folk the power of thy prowess, and persuade the people with thine excuse, for they are minded to tear away that which is in thy hand, and commit it unto another, being resolved upon revolt and rebellion, led thereto by that which they know of thy youth and thy self-submission to loveliest and lusts. For that stones, albeit they lie long under water, and thou withdraw them therefrom, and smite one upon the other, fire will be struck from them. Now thy lieges are many folk, and they have taken counsel together against thee, with a design to transfer the kingship from thee to another, and accomplish upon thee whatso they desire of thy destruction. So shalt thou fare as did the jackals with the wolf. 
and Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. End of Night 920